You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And we're glad to have you listening in on this sunny Saturday morning in, from Atlanta, Georgia. And at the table is Mr. Jim Weber. We've, uh, we're missing in action is Steve Ronaldo today. He's out on a tour. On uh, the New England Brass and Gas, he's headed up there. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's the man to be there for the gas and the whatever. Anyway. The Brill Cream the Kid. The Brill Cream Kid. We're glad to have uh, you and Jim, and uh, we've, we've missed you the last couple of weeks, but glad to have you back. Thank you. We have got a very, very interesting museum, uh, and they have a list of cars that would... Uh, would make oh, it's, it's anybody beautiful. envious. It you know? is just beautiful. And, uh, we have um, the the founder's wife on today, Jane Spain, and then we have Terry, who is a former cross country truck driver. Which uh, we I have all the respect in the world. I I must say the truck drivers have changed a little bit from uh, whence I was on the road. Uh, and people would flash your lights and do the right things, and the truck drivers the turn could, signals, the turn signals, and all of the courtesies that the uh, the truck drivers extended to everybody. And you'd every now and then you'd see a, a jerk driving a car and and cut in front, and and I the patience of the truck driver many years ago was outstanding. So yes. Terry and Jane, welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. How are y'all doing this morning? Wonderful. Good morning. Uh, Great. Good morning. We're glad to be on. Well, thank you. Um, I took the liberty of looking at your inventory, and uh, I'm just—I've got to come up and see you, folks. That's all I can say. Uh, I'd like to start at the beginning, which looks like 1886. You know, David, what was it you said I started with Duryea in 1894? So this car was built before I started working in the business, I guess. So, uh, is, is this one of the replicas that Mercedes built, or is this an actual Benz that was built in 1886? No, this was actually uh, it's a replica. It's the only replica car that we have in our museum. Okay, yeah, but Mercedes built, they did a production run of these, if I remember rightly. I think back well, from the bend. Go ahead, Terry. Yes, they. They. This is a a, a replica car, but this did don't have. Yeah, the reason it got the Benz name is it was made in Germany by Carl Benz, you know. So right, uh, right. Not, but uh, yes, like this is the only replica car we have, and and it's you know it's valued somewhere over uh, you know close to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, just for it being a replica car. Right, right. And does it run? It does. Okay, and do, do you, we do we do we do we run it? You know, we don't. It's been a while since it's, you know we we uh, uh, you know turn them over, spin them over. But you know, far as you know, fumes and stuff in our museum, we we'll take one in the, the back and you know crank it, you know, and let it run some, you know. But far as you know, cranking them all up and letting them sit there and run, we don't do that. Do you ever take them out? Or, 
Do you ever pull one out? No, no. We'll we'll take them in the in the back of the uh, shop area and, and and every now and then. But as far as taking them out on the road and driving them around, we don't do that. Okay, uh, Jane, didn't you tell me that the museum is one hundred and twenty thousand square feet? Um, I- yes, it is. Um, it's um, it's a huge showroom, and it usually we have about one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and thirty cars. On the floor at any given time. Wow! And then the rest of the cars are in in a storeroom, but uh, uh, some of them are in in serious need of restoration. Others are oh. in pretty good shape, and um, we've got it's a huge building, and we've got lots of room. But with 150 cars plus special exhibits, it sometimes gets a little small. I can imagine, uh, and you have quite a collection a broad span which i think it is incredible and just looking down the list i am absolutely amazed because you've got a minerva you've got a lozier you've got a winton you've got a pierce an early pierce you got a stanley steamer and what i mean an apperson jackrabbit that is a very rare car and you've got a brewster but you've You've got a couple of my favorites, which are Hispano Suizas, which we can talk about in a little while. And you and you got a Duesenberg. Uh, it's just Frank, it's it's amazing what you have, and you've got a Tucker, uh, and then you've got a Talbalago, and I'd like to talk about some of those. But tell us how it was founded, Jane, if you would do that, please, and and how this originated. I'd be glad to. Um, Frank Frank was an electrical engineer, um, so he appreciated uh, mechanics. I uh, obviously appreciated uh, electrical projects also. Um, but I think probably one of his biggest motivations, he started collecting. He bought his first car in the 70s. It was an MG. And by the time he restored it, he had spent twice what the vehicle cost, which didn't appeal to him. So he started looking around for cars that when he bought them, it, when he restored them, they would, um, just by the nature of the rarity, increase in value over the years to come. But probably his biggest motivation for this museum um, because Hi, he, he Bernal, started collecting the here and there, car. and he had them in warehouses uh, across the United States, really. Wow. Um, yeah, well, you know, where he bought them quite often, he just rent some warehouse space and put them there. He didn't quite know what he was going to do with them. They certainly wouldn't have uh, fit in our home garage. And he, when Bill Harris' collection in the 80s right. went up yes. for auction... Uh, we had been to the museum. We've, we've been to many museums over the years. And, um, of course, that was probably one of the finest, if not the finest, collection in the world. And when the Holiday Inn Corporation bought uh, the Bill Harris Company, it included those cars. And we went to three of the auctions, and Frank bought 12 of those cars. But he truly was just heartbroken that that kind of automotive history in one place was now, you know, spread across the world 
and no amount of money in the world would ever bring it back together. And I think when he bought those 12 cars, he started thinking about a mini version uh, of a museum that would illustrate the history of the development of the automobile. And after that, he started getting fairly busy uh, collecting, and he looked at about 10, 10 cars per decade, starting with the 1886 bands. That's incredible. And how did he end up in Tupelo, Mississippi? Not that there's anything wrong with Tupelo, Mississippi, but <laughs> <laughs> that's an unusual spot, I would think. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, he, Frank was born in North Lewisburg, Ohio, but when he was three years old, the Depression uh, had been affecting employment up there. His dad grew up on a farm. His mother was a school teacher. And um, they decided that his father would go to school to learn to be a mortician, which uh, I think, as we all recognize, is a pretty recession-proof uh, <laughs> exactly. job. And uh, so uh, when he completed school, he was offered a job in Aberdeen, Mississippi, which is just south of Tupelo. And ultimately... His dad and mother moved him uh, to Tupelo and opened their own small funeral home at, uh, in the early years and later. It was quite a large one. So he moved, he moved with the economic opportunities and his parents. And then, okay, and what did he do then? You, you said he was living in Tupelo, and how well, did he... When he was when he was 16, he, he, he was fascinated with electronics at that point, which was a fairly new field. I remember him telling me that he, somebody said that somebody they knew had put a small radio in a small box, and that just intrigued him, and of course immediately went out and sought out this person. Ultimately, when he was 16 and still in high school, he helped build the first uh, radio station in Tupelo. And while he was in high school, he served as their chief engineer. Um, and then he went to Mississippi State, uh, graduated at 19 wow. with an electrical degree in engineering. He, you know, not not to brag, but I will brag, he was brilliant. He truly was brilliant. And he loved he loved solving problems. It, you know, it was like a puzzle. Let's put this together and see what we get. And he, when he graduated, he went with a friend to New York. Uh, the, the friend had a job interview in New York, so Frank decided he'd swing by NBC and practice interview viewing. And when he got interviewed, they hired him, uh, which I think probably surprised him uh, and his parents because he moved uh, to Washington, D.C., and he was on what they called a field group, which was a group that were pioneering um, new opportunities in broadcasting, and his field group originated the first TV program, programming from the White House, the Senate, the uh, Wow. House office buildings, the Lincoln Memorial, 
I remember he mentioned a, a baseball game. And uh, at the time, that was a very um, big change for television. Right, right. Well, and, I'll bet he probably worked right with David Sarnoff, the man that uh, ran NBC at the time. He, it was funny because he used to talk about, uh, later, within a year, they moved him to New York City mm-hmm. to start working on color television. Oh, gee. Uh, and so he saw a lot of, I'm sure he saw Mr. Sarnoff, but he saw a lot of the early programs being um you know, taped, well, they right. were taped in those days, but aired, yes. and uh, had quite a few entertaining stories about things and people that he came across. Okay. All right, well, let's, let's, I'm, I got to get back, because I'm a car guy. Let's get back. No problem. When did no you, problem. when did you, op- thank you for the background on him, by the way, when did you open this museum? Uh, it opened on December 7th in 2002. So, okay. Um, it, it just happened to be the date they picked, and the the building was ready. The cars were all in place, and um, so we're twelve and a half years old. Oh, that's neat! And you are, if, if I'm coming, what is it? Seventy eight is the road to Memphis. Uh, Seventy eight is the road between Birmingham and, and Memphis. Memphis. Right. If and, I. Where would you, would you be on the north side of seventy eight or the south side? South side. Okay. Uh, Right off of 45, which is the north-south right, right. Uh, four-lane. Okay, wonderful. It's just amazing. Now, I, I want to talk about a couple of the cars because they intrigue me. You have a 1928 Hispano Suiza town car, so I assume that's an H6. Is that correct? It is. It is. Okay. Um, we're going to go to break for a minute, Terry, so... If you kind of get your uh, list of cars out, why don't we run through some of the cars with you and Jane? So David says, i got to take a break now so we can pay me my exorbitant salary. <laughs> All right. This is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, Consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. 
I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Georgia author Doug Dahlgren. Join me Fridays at 11 a.m. for a new show here on America's Web Radio. We call it the Prologue. I'll be introducing you to other writers you may not have heard of yet. That's Fridays at 11 a.m. here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we've got special guests from Tupelo, Mississippi, in the Tupelo Automotive Museum, James Bain and Terry. Terry, your last name again? Easterling. Easterling. And uh, yes, we've, we've also got Mr. Jim Weber uh, in charge of the round table today, and he's doing quite a job of holding down the chair. And uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Jim. All right. Thanks, David. Well, Terry, we're talking about the Hispano Suiza, the H6 town car. What bodybuilder built that body? Oh, it was, it was produced in France. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, well, it was later produced in, uh, produced in France. It, it, uh, light steel liners with aluminum engine. Right. Single overhead cam. Right. Uh, 135 brake horsepower, 3,000 RPM. You know, it round up 3,000 RPM. An extremely light chassis and with four, four brakes to check the 85 mile hour speed it was able to get up to. And, uh, you know, it gets from 6 to 50 mile an hour, it does only 21 seconds. So, you know, in 1928, that's, that's pretty quick, you know. It is, it is. And you also have a 1926 Hispano Suiza. Uh, what? what? Uh, Go ahead. Well, it, 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 we do, and it's a coupe at the Barcelona. It, it was mainly produced in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Martin Burke was the Swiss engineer, the, you know, and the Spanish manufacturer. During World War One. he designed the V-8 aircraft engine. Right. The safety, uh, you know, it's a six-cylinder inline with overhead cam. It also had 135 horsepower. Featured a new type of mechanical aviation brake system, you know, like Rolls-Royce. Mm-hmm. Took out license and used it in their cars. So, you know, it... You know, we've we've got uh, a couple more in back that hadn't been restored, but you know they the they're really really neat cars. Uh, all right, so you have two more Hispano Suizas besides the two on the on the list. Yeah, we have. We you know we have a boat tail. Okay, it's not even on our list. And it's an H six, or is it a K six, or a J twelve? Oh, it's H uh, six. Okay. Beautiful. Oh, those are lovely cars, and they were so advanced in their period. It's, uh, you know, another car that was very advanced was the L29 Cord, and I see you have one of those, too. Well, we actually have uh, two of the L29s. Well, we have a 1929, and we've got a 30, and we've, then we've got the 37 Cord. Uh, oh, an 810 or an 812? Uh, the 12. Okay. Beautiful. Wow, have you got some nice, oh, wonderful cars. Tell me about your Model J. Go ahead. The the collection, you know, I mean, you can really, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Once you walk through our, I'm a local guy, and I've been, you know, 
driving over the road for years, but I've been by here a million times. But when I walk through the door, it, it, it's just breathtaking. I mean, when it starts with the 1886 Benz and our collection ends with a uh, 2014 Toyota Corolla that, that is, was donated to the museum by the Toyota that's built here at Blue Springs, you know, just a few miles from here. Right. And this is a Generation 11. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable collection. I mean, you can... Uh, we have a Knox Porky Pine. You know, a lot of folks ain't heard of that. No. Nope. Uh, one of my favorites is the Wasp. You know, the 1921 Wasp. Right, right. There's only two of them. Uh, you'll, you'll find a lot of cars in here that when Mr. Spain, that, well, he wanted to collect 10 cars per decade, but he just didn't want any old cars. He wanted some of the rarest. Done a lot of research uh, to find the rarest cars of that decade. You know, we have a lot of folks that, well, you ain't got a 64 Plymouth. Well, no. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of those. I mean, we've right. done, done a lot of research to find the rarest cars of each decade, and that's what we have on our showroom floor. Oh, that, that, that's incredible. And, and it, well, it, just to have a Tucker is, is quite a thing because there were not many of those made. And, uh, Ours is number 28 of the 51. Oh, wow. Uh, and there's and it, it's in beautiful shape, too. It was totally restored, not by us. Uh, Frank bought it restored, but uh, it's it's in perfect condition. And we have people vote for their favorite car after they come through, and the Tucker is one every year. Oh, that's, that's, that's neat. And, of course, the Antique Automobile Club of America now has a separate section of their museum in Hershey devoted just to Tucker. Yes. And yes. Uh, it, it is so nice that people have kept those cars because that was such an incredible car for its time. Um, tell me about your Duesenberg Model J. What body is on that car? Oh, the Duesenberg, it's a, uh, oh, yeah. Is it a Phaeton, a dual cowl, or is it a sedan? or? It's, it's a sedan. Okay, all right. Uh, and is it a convertible sedan or a complete four-door uh, with a steel it's top? Hard top. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and what makes this? We've we've had a it's a it's an all matching number car, which is very rare. Uh, we had a gentleman come in, and that's what he did. He he traveled the world uh, locating all the Duesenbergs, and he. Uh, looked at, you know, checked all the numbers on ours last year, and, you know, his jaw dropped, and I'm like, something wrong? He said, and this, this car is rare. He said, it, it's an all-match number, Duesenberg. Yeah. It's very rare, so we're really proud to have it, you know. It, it, it's right up there, you know, in my opinion, with the, with the, uh, Tucker, because of value, you know. Uh, right, it'd right. It's such a rare car. Um, was the gentleman that came through named Randy Ema? The, I'm not, don't get me in line. I'm, I'm not sure on his name, but uh, okay, that's, that was his job. That's what he done. He, he, he was he was like trying to locate all of them, which he had all the research and he had done all the research and everything on them, and and uh, it sounds really familiar. So yeah, well, I, I, I he to, he is the Duesenberg. Uh, Historian, and I've had the privilege of meeting him at being in his restoration shop, and he is incredible. Uh, he was 
Go ahead. Incredible man. Yeah. He was awesome that day. You know. So. Um, you also have a Rolls. Is that a Phantom Two or a twenty twenty five or or what model is that? Your Rolls Royce. Phantom. Phantom. Phantom Two. Okay. And what what body's on that car, Terry? Oh, uh, it's the four door uh, hard top. Okay. It's the. Uh, Yeah, it's a four door hard top. It's the one that uh, we also let the. It's uh, a BB King. We have a couple of his uh, cars on loan, the Mercedes Benz, oh, wow. Mint Rolls Royce, yeah, and uh, the El Camino. The the Rolls Royce is a '78 Silver Ghost. Wow, and that was BB King's car. They've, they've been extraordinarily generous uh, to us, and a few years ago they contacted us. Uh, Mr. King had some uh, cars stored out in Las Vegas, and they'd been calling for a few years to see if we were interested, and we always said yes and didn't hear from him for a while. Well, finally uh, we got the call. The cars were on the way, and um, uh, we knew about the Rolls-Royce, but we weren't sure what the other car was, and uh, and. Uh, Myself, I got a real kick out of the fact that it was an 84 Al Camino. Uh, you know, trying to picture Mr. King driving around <laughs> in his Al Camino. Right. Uh, it, it's, uh, but both cars are in beautiful shape, and uh, we were sorry at his passing, but uh, uh, it, it made those cars especially uh, appreciated by us. Yeah, that 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 is a very nice thing too, and and I think you have one that Elvis bought for someone as a gift. Is that correct? We do. We have a uh, '76 Lincoln Mark IV. All right. And he he actually purchased it, and then uh, later on uh, gave it to the chief of police in Denver, Colorado, uh, which uh, he uh, handled all of Elvis's security when he was doing his concerts. And all out there in uh, Denver, so uh, it was uh, uh, hold on just a second. <laughs> My mind went blank. But, oh, that's uh, all right. I, mine man, does that too once you. in a while. <laughs> well, and, uh, well, yes, that, he uh, he donated it. To, he gave it to him. They was a gentleman in here one day, and uh, he was. Uh, uh, telling us about he was from Denver and prior to that uh, of the Lincoln Elvis had bought the Pokies Force out there uh, all of them uh, Cadillacs and uh, he said they was such a you know uh, disturbance over that so I guess Elvis decided instead of buying a Cadillac for for him he just bought him a uh, Lincoln <laughs> donated it to him yeah, that's great we, we wouldn't yeah. be we wouldn't be uh well thought of if we didn't have an Elvis element in our museum and uh, that was the car that Frank came across but we do have uh, behind it um, 31 movie posters, original movie posters and a couple of uh, TV specials but our previous curator put them up uh, on an entire wall actually um, and it spells Elvis so people it's one of the the great photo opportunities um, 
in, in Tupelo for a huge Elvis with his car. Oh, that's great. Now, do you do any special events or activities either around Elvis or B.B. King or any type of uh, promotional thing? We do. Um, about eight times a year. We uh, Not in the summertime because usually people are driving their vehicles. We have an amazing, apparently there are more car collectors or classic and antique car owners than I ever imagined. And we will put together a list of special exhibits that we want to have that we can put out to supplement our permanent display. Um, For instance, we'll have Mustangs versus Camaros. uh, And we'll have people that come through vote for their favorite car. And it's quite, especially the Mustangs and Camaros, it's quite a competition to see who wins that. But these cars that come in are all you know, from the area, from northeast Mississippi, Alabama, sometimes Tennessee, uh, they'll loan us the car for a month. And, um, Terry, what are some of the other exhibits that we've come up with? Well, we do American haulers like in September. Uh, we're doing a Pontiac month, GTOs, and Trans Ams. Terry, I just got the th- we got to take another break so David can pay me some exorbitant money. So <laughs> we'll pick right up in a minute. Okay, here we go. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF. A nonprofit organization is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an... You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, Terry, we're back, and we were talking about some car events, and I think we kind of interrupted you when you were talking about the uh, Pontiac GTO. Yeah, we're going to have a uh, Pontiac month in uh, October. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the... Corvette month. That's, last year we had a display of Corvettes from the C1 through the C6. We're going to have them all the way 
through the C7. That way we can, can see from where a Corvette started to, and that's really big around here. And, uh, so that you can see with the beginning of the Corvette to the present day Corvette, uh, and that'll be in November. December, we're going to go back to the 50s. Every year at Christmas, we really decorate up. All of our chains are decorated lit up. And we have about 50 Christmas trees we put out. So we're really big into Christmas. And then we have about a 25-foot veterans tree that we put up just for our veterans that, during the month. And uh, then, uh, you know, we're going to go back to the 50s this time. All of the vehicles will be in the 50s. Oh, that's neat. And, uh, that that's great. It, it, I think it'll be really cool. And then uh, in January we we do motorcycles in January, so we really have a, a big turnout on motorcycles. And February we do we usually do street rides and hot rides. That's a big turnout before the car shows begins. Uh, and uh, we do antique tractors and farm equipment. Uh, last one we had we had like 35 uh tractors in here from 30 about 1936 john deere uh all the way up to you know uh 70 massey ferguson's so. wow and uh then uh we do uh mustangs battle of the pony cars that spain was telling you about uh so what we call it the battle of the pony cars mustang versus camaro and then uh May we do our barnyard bad and uh, you know uh, they they'll be out for a couple months. Uh, we you know some of the old cars that we do have in the that was in the back. We've got like a uh, 1934 Mercedes, you know, and uh, just some really old cool cars. Cord, a Mitchell. We just name a few of them. Uh, Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, Jane. We have a an old Peerless. Uh, it was one of my favorites. Wow, a, a Peerless made in America. Yes. Okay, and what? I'm what try- year is that, Terry? Nineteen fourteen. 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 Holy smoke! Yeah. Yes, it's 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 an it's it's one of the heaviest automobiles that we have in the in the museum, but it, it's it's really. And back then it cost somewhere around seventy five hundred dollars. So you know, oh, you to, it's got a eight hundred cubic inch block pushing about forty horsepower. You know, back in the day, so wow. it's really the the brass and the craftsmanship on that on it is unbelievable. Yeah, bra- brass cars are gorgeous. You've got a couple of steam cars too. I see. You want to tell uh, us about them? Famous. Well, we've got one that's that hasn't been restored, but we do have one that is restored. It's on our showroom floor. And that one is, which one's restored, the Stanley or, or the white? Well, we've got the white and the Stanley. Uh, well, one of the Stanleys is not on our list, but uh, the uh, the white and the the uh, Stanley steamer both are on our showroom floor. Okay. The, the list that's on our brochure, I think Frank decided he that he didn't want to put cars that were back in storage. So people, if they showed up and they were looking for a specific car and it was in the back uh, and he wasn't here to show them the car, they'd be disappointed. So the, the list on our brochure and on our website 
is a shortened list. It's not the complete list of the collection. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm just overwhelmed by it. I, I would very much, of course, every museum I talk to, I get enthused about and want to go visit. <laughs> <laughs> but yours is moving right up to the top of the list. Um, well, one of well, the go ahead. special moments, and, and Frank's been gone 10 years, and when I miss him most is when something really wonderful happens and he should have been standing here getting kudos for whatever um we hosted the nam convention uh some years ago i think it was maybe a year or two after frank passed in 06 and of course all these people from los angeles and detroit and uh reno and elsewhere couldn't quite believe they were going to tupelo mississippi and um uh, frankly, I was a little concerned about it. I've been to the Peterson. I've been to the National uh, and several museums over over many years. And I obviously am not a car knowledgeable car person. And I was uh, concerned that we would stand up to uh, scrutiny. And uh, one of the magic moments I've had in the last 10 years, uh, the gentleman that was the curator at the time of the Peterson, came up to me and said this is one of the finest collections he'd ever seen well that's wonderful i was i it it relieved me greatly oh yeah well i i I just i'm enamored of it and uh i feel bad that uh, i have been in tupelo mississippi and uh on 45 and 78 and i feel bad that i never stopped but that's going to change I was um, going to say, you need to change that. Yes, yes, I do, I do. Um, let's talk about events with children. Like, do schools bring their, their students in during the day, maybe uh, just for the historic? We do have schools, various age groups. Um, that's one of my challenges. Um, I just retired from another job, and now I'm here, um, you know, much more. And the, this this museum is owned by an educational foundation, a, a nonprofit. Um, I think Frank learned from the Hera sell-off that uh, the best way to preserve this collection is to put it in a foundation. And the the whole purpose of this, other than the interactive experience of seeing these cars through the decades, is education Um, and I am most especially interested in young children we've had school groups many school groups come through here we continue to but one of them uh, happened to have a really first class uh, curriculum and I asked them if they would be willing to give it to me and I'm now working we've worked with several teachers through the years this group they bring in is usually uh, grade four and five but I one of the things that I'm trying to develop is a, a truly hands-on, interactive um, display that will teach children uh, what life was like if you didn't have a car and what a car really means, um, because they don't have any idea now. It, you know exactly. Yes, it, and it breaks my heart that they this is going to be our future so people like us need to make a real effort 
to get to those young kids in a way that is meaningful to them. Uh, David and uh, Steve and I all feel very strongly about that because when we grew up, it was like, I mean, we didn't have a car. Our parents may have had a car, and then eventually we got a car, but we worked on them, we washed them, we waxed them, and none of that happens anymore. The kids don't know how to change oil. They don't understand how a car works. And, well, uh, and, and and it's expected that they would be given a car when they're in high school. <laughs> and I grew up in yes. the same era that you did where if you got a car, you, you worked for it. So yes. when you got it, uh, you were pretty darned excited and you were definitely responsible for taking care of it. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's amazing. David has a question that he always asks every museum and i i think we ought to let david ask that question david it's oh, okay. the mic's yours this is one of the the reason that they let that steve and jim let me do this is because it is a very technical question oh, and, great. Uh, <laughs> i love those here and, it comes <laughs> the question is and we didn't even know that people did this but we found that with other museums that it does happen so the question is how many weddings have you all had at the museum Ah, we've had one actual wedding, but we've had numerous receptions. Um, Wonderful. Actually, our nighttime activity is pretty steady through through the years. And uh, um, the one wedding was a small wedding, uh, and uh, obviously car lovers. Uh, so uh, it, it wasn't a huge affair, but we've we've had receptions for over 300 people for weddings we actually um to move away from the wedding for a second one of the the better uh exciting moments for us toyota chose uh to have their um roll-off party here their first car rolled off in 2008 i believe what was the year terry it was 2008 good wow have that right they had 3,500 people, wow. their, fa- their employees, their families, um, and they covered our parking lot, which is a huge parking lot, with tents. And um, that probably was the biggest party. And those people that had never been in this building, now employed in the automotive field, were just amazed. And it was quite a wonderful night, and the president of Toyota came over from Japan, and we fortunately had a 1958 Toyopec Crown Deluxe sitting there. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Oh, <Yes>. Wow! <laughs> oh, <laughs> it geez. was wonderful. Oh, uh, and that's not even on this list. Wow! No, it, it we we've had it for a few years now. When we first found out that Toyota was coming to to our area. Um, some local businessmen, the uh, head of the Economic Development Foundation here at the museum, some banks got together and determined to find a, an interesting Toyota. And lo and behold, we found, um, to our knowledge, the only 1958 Toyo Pet Crown Deluxe. Uh, there's, to our understanding, eight 58 Toyo Pet Crowns. Um, so 
we were, and Toyota has four of them, I believe, in Japan. There's four more in the United States. But uh, we were able to uh, shine a little bit brighter uh, with, with the deluxe version. Uh, that's great. Jane, they, he's given me the sign that we got to take another break so he can write me a big check today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Jane, we're back. Um, where did you find this Toyota Toyo Pet that's so rare? It, it was out in San Francisco. It had been warehoused for years. It belonged to the consulate to Japan, the American consulate to Japan. And he had been given one of these cars to drive. He... Unfortunately, this this particular model in that year was not a great success. It was introduced in 1958 in California only, and it has a four-cylinder engine, so uh, they had a rather uh, impressive warranty on it, and uh, they sold about 250, about 225 came back, and uh, apparently the the consulate just put his in storage after a while, and uh, it was on eBay. Oh, for God's sake. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. And so uh, we we just kept bidding, and uh, it really wasn't an expensive car at all, and it was in really quite good shape. Um, of course, we restored the paint. Um, we had an expert in Arizona um, that knew these engines, and he totally... Uh, the engine looks like it's brand new. It's probably one of the finest restorations 
in the building uh, because he was very particular. And um, so whenever we get visitors from Toyota, from uh, Japan, uh, they're quite excited. We have several suppliers around, too. And uh, some of them have come in and said, oh, I worked on that line. You know? Wow. So it's, yeah. uh, we're, we're quite proud of it. And, of course, uh, they enjoy seeing it. Sure. Um, what are they building there, the Corolla or the Prius? Yes. The Corolla. I, I wish it were the Prius. Yes. Uh, but we're happy with the Corolla. Uh, it started out originally they were going to build Highlanders. Then the recession hit. Right. Gas prices went up. So then we heard Prius, and it ended up being the Corolla, and we're very pleased with that because it's the top-selling car in the world. So right. we think we've got steady employment for a while. Oh, yes. That's got to be very good for the economy in northeast Mississippi. Well, and they have been outstanding community partners. They're very involved in uh, education here and as a matter of fact, donate $5 million a year for the next 10 years wow. to the three three counties surrounding their plant uh, with no strings attached. They just uh, want to make a difference, and they certainly are. That's, that's great. Um, let's talk about the museum. Do you have a reception area or a meeting room, or, or what, what do you offer? Uh, generally speaking, uh, we've... Most of our receptions, all of our receptions, really are on the showroom floor. We've got enough space that we can set up for inside. Uh, our fire code is 400 people, which is why Toyota had all the tents outside. Okay. <laughs> um, but quite often that is more meaningful for people. We don't really see us competing in the the conference room uh, part of business. Right. Um, and and part of being on the showroom floor is the fact that, you know, part of your entertainment is already covered. Um, yes. We just had a dinner recently with a group out of Texas, and um, we can provide entertainment. And no surprise, we had a uh, Elvis tribute artist um, entertain this group, and uh, they were... They were quite thrilled. Um, so, but we do have a variety of uh, entertainment, if you want it, in addition to the cars, um, and a variety of caterers that are available. So, okay, we're well, flexible. Yes, yes, it's it sounds like it. Um, do you have any volunteers in addition to Terry that may be there that kind of? are not only docents, but uh, also do some maintenance work on the cars? Uh, Terry is probably the most knowledgeable person. Um, you know, as you can imagine, we're, we're pretty ticky about who who touches the cars under the hood, yes. for sure. And Terry's very familiar with uh, motors, for sure. Um, we, quite honestly, we're, we are a nonprofit, and... and we have limited funds, so most of our funding goes to um, operations. We have an extensive gift shop, uh, which features among, uh, you know, besides the automotive uh, die-cast cars and T-shirts, etc., uh, we've developed quite a um, 
group of local artists and artisans and craftspeople that bring their goods in because 70% of our visitors are from outside the state of Mississippi. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. We In a year, we will cover generally every state uh, and usually around 30 countries. Um, and about 25,000 people come through a year. Jane, Jane okay. how, do, uh, how do people hear about you? Um, actually, we are locally, we're connected with the local TV station. Um, Frank, Frank owned it, um, or the family owned it for 59 years up until this February. So they're very generous. As a nonprofit, uh, we have a nice arrangement that they help us uh, promote things. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Um, Instagram, I'm learning, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, and, of course, we send out press releases. But um, we've had recently a couple of wonderful uh, magazine articles in, in different publications. But something that we're all proud of because we truly are all dedicated to Every visitor comes here, we want them to leave here, A, feeling very appreciated, and B, having experienced all they can in this building. Where we have been for a little while now, the number one um, thing to do in the Tupelo area on TripAdvisor, which uh, means a lot to us because number two is the Natchez Trace Parkway, which runs right beside Tupelo. Uh, which is certainly huge competition, not to mention Elvis Presley's birthplace. So um, we feel like we're smack dab in the middle of an area that that offers a lot beside the car museum to attract families uh, and car buffs. Well, if, if, if I were coming, what kind of time should I allocate as large as you are and as many cars as you have on display, what kind of time should a person allocate to uh, to spend in the museum? We, we've had people literally spend all day. Um, I would say if you are interested in cars but you're not a serious car buff, about an hour to an hour and a half generally is the time. If you are seriously interested in cars, at least half a day. And usually... Um, there's enough Terry's here, I'm here uh, other people that work with us are here we will go out of our way if somebody's particularly interested in cars to try to take them in our back room and show them what we've got back there too that's that's amazing Uh, David and I would probably be there at least a half a week Three and a half days. So. There you go. Well, we have plenty of hotel rooms here, so you're welcome to come. Oh, it, it just it sounds wonderful. Um, what besides the Tucker and the Duesenberg? Are there any of the old brass cars that uh, people vote as their favorite? Not very often. It's it's interesting. They're fascinated with them, but they people tend to. To, except for the Tucker or the Duesenberg or Espano, tend to vote for what brings back special memories for them. You know, a 57 Chevy, a Corvair, uh, not a lot of Corvairs, but, you know, the 
the 57, um, uh, oh. The Ford? Went out of, oh, Corvette. The Corvette, Corvette okay, right. Um, some of the, Frank tried, and he wasn't particularly interested in much past the 50s, but um, we've got some strange cars in here, too, that appeal to the kids. He, um, we have a 60s Camaro vet, which is, uh, just to look at it, is pretty, it's brightly colored, the engine, you know, is sticks out of the, the front of the car. Um, I would say generally you're going to find most people either remembering the cars that they had or their grandparents had or their first car or their first date car. Um, and the brass ones, unfortunately, like the Knox and the, uh, uh, well, the Cadillac is not particularly brass, but um, the Delaney Belleville is a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Have we lost you? We lost him. We lost him. Oh, wow. Um, and really, it's uh, one of those things we're out of time anyway, and uh, we hate to say that we lost him, but we did somewhere or the other. Uh, um, anyway, uh, we're, we're glad that you've tuned in to America's Web Radio. We apologize for that. This must be the day for... Um, the gremlins. Yeah, the yeah, gremlins. Are the here. gremlins are here. In fact, uh, as soon as we finish the show in uh, two minutes, we're going to uh, have to go off the air for just a couple of minutes and uh, do some technical work on uh, on the station. In fact, since we're doing this, uh, Jim, I think I'll go ahead and do it. Uh, okay, and that'll put me into uh, about the right timing coming back. So, with that being said, you've been listening to the Classic Car Show, Jim Weber. Thank you for coming in as always. It was a great I enjoyed show. it. Thank you, David. uh, We will uh, see you back here next week on the Classic Car Show and America's Web Radio. Thank you for listening. It was unfortunate, but at the end of the show, we got disconnected from Jane and Terry from the Tupelo Automotive Museum. But we wanted to thank them for, again, being on Classic Car Show. And we look forward to speaking to them again in the near future. Thank you, Jane. And thank you, Terry. We'll be back next week on America's Web Radio.